Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Monday edition of The Yard. It's really early. As a matter of fact, I'm recording this around midnight on uh, Sunday night. One of those deals where, um, for some reason, I decided to make coffee mid-afternoon, so here we are. But uh, I want to sleep late tomorrow, so I am recording this today so you guys can have it for your morning commute, your lunch break, or whatever. A lot to talk about, a lot going on right now with Mississippi State Athletics. I do want to let you guys know, for those of you that are unaware, there will not be a Monday press conference from Mike Leach this week since the Bulldogs have kind of an unscheduled open date due to the game with Missouri being postponed. And it's not related to any COVID-related type issues with Mississippi State or Missouri. It's just a matter of uh, Greg Sankey and the league kind of moving some games around. We discussed that here a couple weeks ago, that the university presidents gave Greg Sankey the autonomy to do those kind of things to ensure that we get those games. So you're going to see LSU and Alabama in primetime this coming Saturday night, which will look to be an absolute bloodbath. If you recall, there were some things that were said in the locker room last year after Joe Burrow and LSU uh, beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. This will be a game that I fully expect Alabama to make a real statement. They are absolutely rolling. They destroy Auburn in the Iron Bowl. We'll talk a little more about that later in the show. But uh, those are some of the games you're going to see take place. Arkansas will play Missouri, and then State and Ole Miss will both have open dates. I guess we could play again. I think many Mississippi State fans would love to play again and have a do-over after uh, the game on Saturday. Got really close to, uh, to winning that game. I think there are a lot of state fans that just felt like, you know, 
We're going to get embarrassed in the ball game. We didn't get embarrassed. In fact, I think, again, there are many Mississippi State fans that have some renewed optimism about the direction of the Mississippi State football program. But, uh, yeah, we, we lose the ball game. And uh, let's just be as honest about it as we can be. Ole Miss made the plays to win. We didn't. And uh, late in the ball game, it appeared that their running game kind of wore us down just a little bit. Our depth issues kind of reared their ugly head later in the ball game. You know, one of the things I don't think a lot of people fully appreciate is there are some guys that are, uh, you know, like Dante Jones. Dante Jones opted out some time ago. There was never some big story about it, but Dante Jones opted out. Caleb Ducking, uh, not eligible this year. So as a result, that's two players that are scholarship players that ordinarily would be available to Mississippi State. Now, granted, they don't play defense, but um, we wonder each week, you know, well, why are the numbers so low? Well, well, that's why. It's not just because of the fact that you've had, you know, transfers and dismissals, but you've had some opt-outs. And there's been several of those at Mississippi State. Not all of them have made the headlines. I don't know why that is, but uh, – you know, we, I thought we had enough players to win with on Saturday. We had a couple of self-inflicted penalties or uh, mistakes there in the third quarter when the defense was playing well and getting stops and, and really kind of stymied the Ole Miss offensive system, and uh, we weren't able to capitalize. And so it, that ended up being kind of the, uh, you know, the quarter that, that I think really kind of determined the outcome of the game is when State was able to get stops, they weren't able to get points. So – We'll get into that a little bit later. I want to thank you all for being with us, and thanks for your support of the Boneyard. If you're looking for books, please go to alphadogsthebook.com. You can get personalized copies of Flim Flam, Stark Villains, and Alpha Dogs for every bulldog on your list. I'm really proud of those books, and I think you will be as well. You know, once you get them, I want to thank everybody that has bought in books that uh, a lot of good things have happened. I also promised you guys about a week ago, that I would talk about some things that were happening. Uh, and I'm not really at liberty to say a whole lot. We uh, had a, a great meeting a week ago Saturday when I didn't go to Georgia with some people that are uh, that are working on some really cool things at Flim Flam. There will be a subsequent meeting during December. And then hopefully we'll have, uh, you know, something really cool in late spring. So that's kind of where we stand with that. Uh, I will tell you that everything is moving forward. I am very, very happy about it. But there are some things that uh, still have to be worked out before we can make any formal announcements. And so kind of hang in here with me. It is uh, exactly what I want it to be and hope it to be at this point. I did not let myself get excited about it until we started scheduling meetings. I have been down this road before and uh, you, you, know, you, you kind of get your hopes up and then maybe things don't go quite the way you'd hoped. And so I don't want to tell you guys something and then things not come to fruition. So, again, I don't want to jinx it, but uh, I'll just share with you that uh, everything that I hoped would happen has happened. And now we're just kind of moving forward with this thing and kind of finalizing a few details. And uh, something really, 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 really cool is in the works. And uh, so I'll get more information to you guys as I can you know, once some documents are signed, that sort of stuff, you know, we'll be able to kind of share more information with you. I can tell you with 100% confidence, you're going to have a great experience at Bulldog Burger Company. Longtime sponsors of the show, very, very happy to have them around. You know, we have a lot of people to contact me about local advertising. And uh, we have a lot of people to contact me about national advertising. So I don't partner with people that I don't think bring value to you uh, as the Boneyard listener. That's exactly what you're going to get at Bulldog Burger Company. 
Uh, go by, check them out. Two locations now to serve you. One right here on University Drive in Starkville, and then on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Go by, have the spring rolls as your appetizer. It is the best appetizer in the Golden Triangle. And then pick out a great restaurant-quality hamburger. You, can all, you can't go wrong with the Bulldog. But if you want to get out there and get on the wild side just a little bit, let me encourage you to get the Mission or the Smokehouse or the Lauren or the Bryant. You can change things up a little bit. They'll give you a hamburger on a gluten-free bun, no bun, a bed of lettuce if you want it. So if you're a little health conscious, think, you know what, Steve, maybe I don't want to take on a hamburger for lunch. Maybe I don't want to get that full. Well, that's probably uh, one of those things you're always going to be guaranteed there at Bulldog Burger Company is the portions are so substantial, you're always going to get a full meal. But maybe perhaps you want a salad. I have still not finished a salad in one sitting. It is, uh, it's an incredible, 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 incredible experience. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starville and now Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's get to the, uh, the egg bowl and kind of break some things down for you. Ole Miss wins a toss and Lex a defer, which puts Mississippi State on offense first. And based on what we've seen from Will Rogers and the Bulldog offense over the course of his last two starts, I really thought – Ole Miss might have been making a mistake here because State has scored on the opening drive against both Vanderbilt and the University of Georgia. And with that porous Ole Miss defense, thought we had a chance to get out early. Uh, that didn't happen. Let's go ahead and take a look at the action here. Uh, Will Rogers comes out. Again, the linebackers are bailing out to drop it off to Austin Williams for four. Jaquavius Marks runs for no game. And while this was a net, not a positive play for Marks, I really thought he played with some real toughness in this ballgame. He was a lot more difficult to bring down in the open field. But on this particular play, there is no gain. Then we go out to Marks for five, and we nearly convert, come up just short of the chains, and we punt. So it's a three and out. The first uh, opening possession, three and out of the Will Rogers era here at Mississippi State. Uh, Reed Bowman punts, and it's fair called by Elijah Moore at the Ole Miss 28. They get going from there. Complete to Elijah Moore for six. And then there's a penalty. Backs him up second and 14. Or, excuse me, first and 14. And you begin to think, okay, we've got a chance here. We've got a real chance to make some things happen. Well, Jerry Ganeely rushes his op- his opening carries for 16 yards and the first down. And that was one of those things right out of the gate. We're thinking, okay, we've kind of got them off schedule. And then in one play, they erase that on a good running play. Uh, Corral goes for a quarterback keeper and then fumbles. And then he does recover the football there, an opportunity for us to really make a game-changing play early on, unable to complete that. Then they go up top to Elijah Moore for 53 yards. Colin Duncan there on the play makes a tackle. Uh, not really a good mismatch. Not a really good matchup for State. And you knew at some point they would get Elijah Moore kind of paired up with a safety. Uh, we don't really have anybody in the back half of that secondary that can run with him. And then he's complete to Moore again for four, which puts it at the second and six at the State 10-yard line. Ely then rushes for two. And then Matt Corral and a quarterback keeper is for no gain. And so rather than kick the field goal, Ole Miss goes for it. They do get the look they want. Sanders is open on the out route and then drops the pass. And you're thinking, okay, we've weathered the storm there. We're okay. Both teams have had opening drives. Ole Miss is a lot more successful than ours, but in the end, both yield no points. So it was a scoreless ball game after one possession each. State's backed up again, though, but uh, again, it's a scoreless ball game. And so we go we go out from our nine-yard line. We're complete to Jaquavia Spiva, who had a career game. Five yards out out to the 14. There's a holding call on Jaden Wiley, and it was a right call. Backs us up again, makes it first and 12. 
complete to Cam Jones. And if you had Cam Jones uh, catching the first official pass from Mississippi State and you have won Bulldog football bingo, ball batted up into the air. Cam Jones grabs it, runs it out to the 12-yard line. Second seven were complete to Wally for four. Brings up a third and short, third and three. We aren't able to do anything here. We check it down to Dylan Johnson for a loss of two. Really felt like that, that Ole Miss was ready for that swing pass and that check down. They were kind of zoning out there on the corners and play a man inside. Made a good play there. Good call by the Ole Miss defense there. Reed Bowman with a 50-yard punt. Uh, Elijah Moore returns it out to the Ole Miss 46. And then you think, okay, here they are with a good favorable field position. They'll probably find a way to go score. Sure enough, they do. Corral complete Domingo for a loss of one. John Domingo, a guy that we all absolutely had to have. He has not reached his full potential uh, there at Ole Miss. But, uh, you know, we're only a couple years into this thing with him. He has been a little bit banged up this year, missed some time. Then Corral is complete to Ely for seven, brings up a third and four. A chance for us to get off the field. Uh, Braylon Sanders runs a good route there to get it out to him for six yards and a first down. Ely then goes for four, makes it second and six, complete to Ely, and that's another first down. But there's a penalty on Caleb Warren, backs it up 10 more yards, and you think, okay, second and 16. Again, we've got him off schedule. We've got him behind the chains here, and uh, if we can find a way to make a play on second down, force a third and long, we can get off the field. That's not what happens. They go up top, second and 16, Matt Corral, complete to uh, Dontario Drummond from Laurel, Mississippi for 48 and right now, everybody's thinking they've already hit us deep on the Moore play. They've hit us deep on the Drummond play. It's going to be that kind of night. And for a while, it was. The extra point is good. It's 7 nothing Ole Miss. State gets the ball back. And this is a, a very important drive in many respects. Because State had a chance to get even here, and we kind of blew it. Will Rogers complete to Marks for two. Then we're incomplete to Peyton. And uh, Peyton shaken up, did not return to the game, and he's a guy that's been banged up uh, you know, much of the last month, and he takes a pretty good shot there to the chest, does not return to the game. Then they're complete to Osiris Mitchell, who gets hit pretty good too. And uh, in live action, it looked like kind of an incidental play, but when you see it in slow-mo, you see John Haynes did lower his helmet and I think he initially intended to hit Osiris Mitchell in the chest, and his helmet simply rode up and made contact with the face mask. They review it. They do call targeting there. So it's an 18-yard gain plus the 15-yard penalty, and Haynes is ejected. So now all of a sudden the ball is already across midfield on Ole Miss 40. First and 10, we, go, we give to Johnson for six. And, again, he is a guy that just simply has great game speed. Second and four. Will Rogers complete to Jaden Wiley for seven, down to the Ole Miss 27, first down. Johnson runs for one, and then Wiley goes to uh, Jaden Wiley again, 22 yards, down to the Ole Miss four, and there, Wiley and Rogers simply have some synergy. He is the guy that he looks for. He's the guy that he trusts, and Wiley consistently makes plays for this offense, currently leads a team in uh, re- receiving yards after this ball game, back-to-back 100-yard games. Will Rogers is incomplete to Austin Williams for three. Great route, great throw. Williams tries to stretch the ball out. Fumbles forced by Tyler Knight from Pearl High School. And then Ole Miss recovers it uh, and returns it 84 yards. A lot of credit to Malik Heath there for running that play down and kind of not allowing the defensive score there. Ole Miss would cash in, but I did think that was a play you look at and say, you know what, those are winning type plays. If Austin Williams gets in there, it's a 7-7 ball game, and all of a sudden the, the pressure really shifts. But that was a play that in the end really meant a lot 
Ole Miss takes over at the 16 and they review the play. I agree with all of you, all of you, all you sleuths that say, you know, Austin Williams laying out of bounds and touches the football should have been a touchback for Ole Miss. Should have been. But they missed the call. Uh, they actually reviewed the call, and I don't know how they didn't see that. But, uh, yeah, it appeared to me that Austin Williams did touch the ball while he was out of bounds and uh, before Leonard had full possession of it. But uh, at the end of the day, that one play didn't determine the ball game. It feels like it, but we had other opportunities to win the ball game. Ole Miss takes over at the R16, and Parrish rushes for 11 yards. I thought Parrish ran the ball exceptionally well. Corral runs for four and gets it down to the one. And then we had a pretty good goal line stand here. Again, the Bulldog defense has a lot of pride, and they, they, they have a lot of belief in Zach Arnett in that scheme. So on first and goal, Corral goes for four, and then it's second and goal, Parrish for no gain, tries to dive over the top. Marquis Spencer, Earl Thompson, but a nice stop there. Matt Corral rushes again, no gain. And now it's fourth and one. You're thinking, okay, Ole Miss may just kick the field goal to go up 10-0 and make sure it's a two-score game. They don't. They go for it. Snoop Connor actually gets in without a lot of fanfare, makes it 14 nothing. I think a lot of state fans at this point thought, well, here we go. Here we go. This is about to get ugly. This is when state begins to respond. First down where Rodgers completes to Jaden Wally for 44 yards, already down to the Ole Miss 31 uh, with the first down there. Great, great, great grab by Jaden Wally. It's uh, it's made the rounds on social media. I'm sure you've seen it by now. Then there is an offside penalty on Ole Miss. It takes it to first and five at the 26. Rodgers has complete those Cyrus for three. Rodgers complete again to Jaden Wally for 17. It seems like every time we get a big pass play, somehow Jaden Wally is involved. Pass then complete to Malik Heath for six yards. Great throw, great catch, great play design there. You get Malik Heath paired up in man coverage. And then you throw a football where only he can get it. He elevates and uh, brings it down, and it's a 14-7 ball game. It, it could easily have been 14-7 the other way, but you simply just never know how these things play out, kind of that butterfly effect. But 14-7, and then state the defense kind of begins to figure some things out. You know, we get another stop here. Matt Corral completes Elijah Moore for a loss of two yards, and again, we've got him behind the chains and what happens, they dial up an intermediate to medium pass to Elijah Moore for 17 on automatic with the first down. Ole Miss did a good job of staying out of third and longs. Give them a lot of credit. Thought Matt Corral did a good job kind of extending plays and really thought Matt Corral was the difference in the ballgame. Corral then incomplete to Yeboah. Jerry and Ely rushes for five, which brings up a third and five. Matt Corral incomplete to Drummond. Aaron Brule back in there in his face, kind of forced in there at pass. Mac Brown then punts for 39 yards, fair call Boston Williams. So now we're down seven with the ball, and you're thinking, okay, we've got a chance to get even. And it just kind of felt that way. If we could stop chasing the game, if we could ever get even, then we'd be okay. That was a big part of things. We just simply could never get even in the game. Uh, well, Rodgers then completes Dylan Johnson for a loss of one. And again, Ole Miss doing a good job out there zoning out there in the flats, kind of preventing State from running the defense off and then kind of checking it down and getting positive yardage behind the play. Rodgers and runs for seven and gets out of bounds at the uh, state 22. Now it's a third and four. You got a chance here, incomplete to Jaden Wiley. It really felt like he had it there for a second, probably should have had it. He will tell you he should have had it. But then state has to punt. Reed Bowman on a 51-yarder out of bounds at the Ole Miss 21, 27, excuse me. And again, we give the ball back. We had a chance to get even. We don't. We give them the ball back with the lead and plenty of time there in the second, in the second quarter. 
uh, completes a Jerry and Ely for three yards, and then there's a holding call on Yaboa, backs him up 10. So, again, it's first and 20. We've got them behind the chains. They're off schedule. Got a good chance here to maybe get a stop. Incomplete to Braylon Sanders. Pardon me. Jerry Neely runs for two, which makes a second and 18. And then uh, it's a incomplete to Braylon Sanders. So it's third and 18, third and long. You've got a chance again to get off the field here. What do they do? They go over top again for the third time in the ball game. Matt Corral pass complete to Braylon Sanders for 81 yards and touchdown. I really thought there could have been a flag for OPI there. Sanders and Landon Guidry running basically stride for stride. Guidry has inside position, and just as the ball is there and it's time to use some ball skills to make a play, Sanders kind of gives him a nudge. Landon Guidry still got to be able to make that play, and he went on social media and kind of said as much. But now it's a 21-7 ball game, and I think everybody thought, okay, well, this is it. We're in a lot of trouble now. They've, they've taken it back out to a two-score lead. And we certainly could have quit at this point. We certainly could, but we didn't. We didn't quit. State comes back and, and uh, you know, State makes some things happen. And, uh, we you know, we had a self-inflicted wound here. Right out of the gate, there's an offside penalty on Ole Miss. It makes it first and five. And then we go to Marks, who gets five, and it's the first and ten. Second and five, pardon me, pardon me. First and first and ten, we go, uh, yeah, we go Marks for five, and then Will Rogers complete to Osiris Mitchell for 12, gives you another first down. We're already out near midfield. Marks runs for two, incomplete to Wally. And then we have an errant snap on third and eight that makes it fourth and 14. So here we are. I, I can't say it's a promising drive, but you've already put together a couple of first downs, and you're out near midfield. And then on third and eight, no, there's no telling what happens on that play, but we kind of remove all doubt with a bad snap there. Tuck, uh, then uh, Bowman punts again, 35 at the Ole Miss 22. So now I think everybody expected, all right, they're going to go down here and score and put this thing away, kind of end the game before the half. And this is where I thought Lane Kiffin really made a bad decision. Matt Crowley incomplete to, to Elijah Moore and then complete to Kenny Yeboah for eight, brings up third and short. They go to Mingo for three. They nearly had a chance to get in there and make that play. Didn't quite get there. Then Connor runs for 16 hard yards. Connor goes back for four and then back for four again. But it brings up a third and two, and then they find Elijah Moore for 16 and moves the chain down to the state 27. Matt Corral rushes for four. Ailey then goes for four. On third and two, Ailey gets no no gain there, and it's a 19-yard line for, st- for state. And um, they decide to go for it on fourth and two. Could it have, again, a chance to get off the field? We don't. Matt Corral keeps and goes for five, picks up a first down inside the state 15. Incomplete to Drummond. Jack Harris gets in there and provides a little pressure. Then incomplete to Mingo is a drop. We've mentioned that before. Matt Corral complete to Kenny Yeboah for seven. Martin Emerson with a big tackle there to prevent him from getting the first down. And then on fourth and three, rather than kicking the field goal and making it a three-score game, Ole Miss decides to go. And then the pass is incomplete. It's, uh, you know, Corral rolls to his right and tries to throw the ball back. Colin Duncan on the pass defense there. Really felt like if Ole Miss kicks field goal there and goes up 17 points, it takes a lot of air out of the Bulldogs' sails. But here they are able to get a stop. Second, fourth down conversion that State's able to kind of stave off there. And this is, again, when State made it a game again. Well, Rodgers goes to work at the State 7 and ends up going 93 yards here. Pass complete to Dylan Johnson for 6 and complete to Malik Heath for 10 and a first down. Incomplete to Dylan Johnson. Then we find Jaden Wally again, 29 yards. Ridiculous, 29 yards. 
Will Rogers incomplete to Austin Williams for five, and then there is an offsides penalty on Ole Miss. Ole Miss had some problems with flags most of the night. First and five were incomplete to Malik Heath, and were incomplete to Austin Williams on second five. Brings up a third and five, and here's where I think the difference between Will Rogers and KJ Costello really shows up. Third and five. Ole Miss nearly gets home on the pass rush there. Rodgers tucks it and goes and runs for nine yards and gets the first down. I don't think Costello makes that play. First and ten were complete to Austin Williams for 12. Now we're already down to the Ole Miss 22. Incomplete to Marks. Then we're complete to Dylan Johnson for nine, which brings up a third and one. We do call timeout here. Will Rodgers is incomplete to Malik Heath. Rather than kick the field goal, which in, in the grand scheme of things would have been meaningless, we go for it. And I was so worried we weren't going to get anything out of this drive. And Ole Miss nearly makes the play, but Rodgers throws a strike to Jaquavius Marks. Marks does a great job with his footwork to get the first down before getting out of bounds down to the Ole Miss 11. Then Will Rogers finds Malik Heath on a crossing route for 11 yards and scores his second touchdown of the night with just six seconds to go. Extra points good, and then you know Ole Miss runs a draw play to run out of the clock. And so it's a 21-14 game at the half, but you just kind of felt like, you know what? They get the ball first coming out of the halftime. If we can find a way to get a stop there and get even, we've got a chance to win this ball game. So we come out of the halftime locker room and uh, really thought we had a really good third quarter defensively. Really thought we Zach Arnett's guys really answered the bell there. Ailey rushes for one, and then they go for 11 for a first down, first and 10. They're complete to Drummond for 36 yards. And again, not quite as deep there, but still – you know, a pass that, uh, you know, it's kind of become their bread and butter. Incomplete to Yeboa, a drop pass there. Paris runs for four and then runs for two, which brings up a fourth and four at the State 21. And again, Lane Kiffin elects to pass on the field goal. If you kick a field goal here, it's a two-score game. It's a 24-14 game. They elect to go for it, and it's incomplete. And, uh, you know, great job by the Bulldog defense to go in there and get a stop. And all of a sudden, you, I begin to think, I think most people feel like me, is, you know, here we go. We've gotten a stop. Let's go down and make some things happen. But, again, I kind of scratch my head. You think about why didn't they kick those field goals. And I understand that's been a bit of an adventure with Luke Logan. But, uh, you know, just two more field goals, you know, really gives some separation in this game. But now State's a score away. And State gets ready to go back to work. Uh, pass complete to Malik Heath for eight. And we're to Austin Williams for one. Brings up a third and one. Jaquavius Marks gets it. And then there's a penalty for illegal formation. So we back it up, third and six. We're complete to Mitchell for nine. That gives us the first down. Incomplete to Wally. Then we go back to Marks for 11, which gives you another first down. And you're already out in your midfield. Dylan Johnson runs for two yards, which is a 47. Complete to Osiris Mitchell for no gain. Probably one we should have thrown away there. And now it's a third and eight. Again, you don't know what happens if you get this playoff. But again, an errant snap kills the drive. Self-inflicted wound here. We end up having a punt. Again, just simply couldn't get even. Had every The defense gives you to stop. Offense can't cash in. And it wasn't just because necessarily that Ole Miss did anything. In this particular situation, it was a self-inflicted wound that essentially ended the drive. Uh, Ole Miss comes back, complete to Elijah Moore for one. Ely runs for five, then runs for two. It's another fourth down. They go for it, complete to Elijah Moore for seven. First and ten, back to Moore for 12 for another first down. Ely runs for one, and there's an Ole Miss holding call on Ben Brown. Backs it up. And again, first and 19, you think, okay, let's get off the field. First and 19, Cam Young and company get to Matt Corral for the first sack of the ball game. 
uh, back to the Ole Miss 38, makes it second and 26, and you're thinking, okay, let's just find a way to get off the field here. Connor Denner goes for three. We're hoping, 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 hoping we don't get beat over the top. We don't. We actually covered up. We forced Corral to hold the football. He has to check it down to Snoop Connor, who gets six yards, and they punt. Mac Brown is a good job there. 53-yard pump, but it's a touchback. So, again, back-to-back stops by your Bulldog defense, and yet another chance for us to get even. Well, we shoot ourselves in the foot again. Well, Rodgers is complete to Cam Gardner for five and brings up a second five, which is very much a manageable down. Marks goes for three, but then there's an illegal chop block called uh, – it's a 15-yard penalty. So now instead of being third and two, it's second and 17. We're incomplete to Heath. Then we're complete to Marks for 13 and um, just couldn't quite get there. Uh, and that, that, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one where they said that he fumbled and uh, when he was actually down, they, they ruled it as a fumble on the field, reviewed it, gave State an opportunity to punt. We back him up. So, again, here you go. Two great stops and then two self-inflicted penalties. One an errant snap, one a chop block that puts you behind the chains and ends the drive, a chance to get even. And that's how, that's what it boils down to. I mean, those plays count. I and mean, we can say, well, if this didn't happen and this didn't happen, but they did happen. They did happen. It's a lack of execution on Mississippi State's, uh, you know, behalf there. So, again, we keep dodging the bullet. And uh, Ole Miss gets the ball late in the third quarter with just 326 to go in the quarter. Elijah Moore runs for one yard and then Ely goes for six, brings up a third and three. Complete to Moore underneath for nine, gets it out to midfield, and Corrales complete to Ely for 14 more. And they're rolling, and it really felt like at this point that we were in trouble. Ely then goes for three, complete to Elijah Moore for six, makes it third and one, and again, a chance to get out the field. We don't. Henry Parrish goes for 11 yards down to the state 16. Matt Corral runs for three to the 13. Parrish runs for nine, and then Parrish runs for three to make it a first and goal at the state four. That runs out the third quarter. So we go to the third quarter, a scoreless quarter, but Ole Miss is on the move. Paris then goes for a loss of four yards. Marquis Spencer absolutely making some NFL money this year. Blows the play up, tackles Parrish and Matt Corral on the play. There's your zone read. You know right where you can stick that. And then they come back and sack Matt Corral again. Aaron Brule gets in there. Now that's on third and goal, and then they elect to kick the field goal, which makes it again a 10-point game. If they'd taken the two other field goals, it would be a 16-point game. Again, we go back to this whole thing about the Austin Williams fumble. You know, we, we score there, it's a different game. They kick the two field goals, it's a different game. There's all these, you know, plays within the game that make a big difference. You know, that makes it, I guess, what, a 30-21 to 21 game if all those things happen the way they're supposed to? All right, so State gets the ball back and a chance again. We, we had a chance to fold. We don't. We fight back here, and of course, there's 13 minutes and 40 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. And Will Rogers and the offense continue to move. Complete to Jaden Wally for six, then complete to Dylan Johnson for no game, which brings up a third and four. We get it to Austin Williams, who's just short of the marker, and we decide to go for it. Dylan Johnson then blasts through for seven and a first down. Johnson goes again for three, back-to-back running plays. And a lot of people say we don't run it enough, but uh, I think some of that's because of the fact that um, – and we've got some young backs that are kind of finding a sense of themselves. Well, Rodgers is incomplete to Jaden Wiley again for 27 yards. It seems like every time we make a big play in the passing game, it's that same combination. Dylan Johnson goes for two. Down to the Ole Miss 27. Well, Rodgers then runs for 15. 
great, great call uh, on Will Rogers' behalf to tuck it and go there. And then there is a penalty on Ole Miss in the secondary, which is one of the reasons that Will had to run it, is because his receivers uh, were being held in secondary. And so now it's down to the uh, first and goal at the Ole Miss six. Completes Jaquavius Marks for loss of six yards. Probably should have thrown that one away. Then we're incomplete to Marks, but there's pass interference on Momo Sonogo. It was an obvious call and the right call. It gives State a first and goal at the Ole Miss seven. And then we're complete to Austin Williams, who drags two Ole Miss defenders into the end zone. Now it's a 24-21 ball game. And again, if you're like me, you're thinking, all right, here's the deal. We've, we get a stop here. We can at least get even and probably even take a lead here. But give Ole Miss credit. They put together a drive to finish the ball game. That's what they did. And this is where I thought that our, our lack of depth at linebacker uh, and defensive line really kind of showed up. And I'm not saying anything negative about those hard those players that went out there and played as hard as they did. But we did appear we began to wear down a little bit. Matt Corral completes John Domingo for 31 yards. They're already on our side of the field with just one play. Ely then goes for four and then incomplete to Braylon Sanders. Brings up a third and six. We got a chance to get off the field again. And then Ely goes for six right there at the marker. It appeared to be the right call. And so it's a first down. Then Connor goes for a loss of six. And you're thinking, okay, we've got them off schedule again. Let's find a way to make a play. Doesn't happen. Second, 16, Matt Corral gets loose and scrambles for nine yards. Still brings up a third and long at third and seven, but they find Elijah Moore for 10. And it appeared we actually had him short of the sticks. And then he wiggles loose, and he is a, a very elusive player. And you got to give him credit for making the plays when they needed him. First and 10, Matt Corral incomplete to Kenny Yeboah. And then there's a P.I. called on, on Colin Duncan there in the end zone. If Duncan turns and looks for the football, it might even have been an interception. The ball was poorly, very much underthrown, but uh, you're not going to get that. You know, they're not going to pick that up. They're, they're going to call that every time. You got to give a receiver a chance to work back for the football, unless you're playing the football. Uh, Colin Duncan was not. He's playing the man. Never look back. You don't get the call. So now it's first and goal at the eight, incomplete to Elijah Moore, and then Ailey rushes for eight yards for the touchdown with a lot of assistance. And I've seen some people on social media saying, hey, I don't understand how this rugby scrum is legal. They changed the rule a couple of years ago. Nothing illegal or improper about the Ole Miss offensive line kind of shoving uh, Jerry and Ely into the end zone. We did it against the University of Georgia with Dylan Johnson here just two weeks ago. So that was one of those things, too, where you want to kind of look at one play that kind of typified the ball game. That was it. It just seemed like Ole Miss had a little bit more and then it's a 31-21 game, and, and I think everybody at that point thought, okay, church is out here. It's a good thing the Bulldogs didn't, didn't buy into that. Under five minutes to play, Stake sets up at their own 25, incomplete to Cyrus Mitchell, and then a great throw to Jaquarius Spivey, who, who nags it for 21 yards. Well, Rodgers is in sack for the first time for a loss of five, makes it second and 15. We're complete to Dylan Johnson for seven, incomplete to Heath, and then all of a sudden it's a fourth and eight play. Well, we got to go. We're down two scores late in the fourth quarter. We find Jaquarius Bobby for 22 yards down to the Ole Miss 30. Rodgers then complete to Dylan Johnson for one, and then there's that guy again, Jaden Wally for 20 yards inside the Ole Miss 10, sets up a first and goal. We're incomplete to Wally. Pass complete to Dylan Johnson for two. We like to take a timeout here, and some people complain about this, but uh, – yeah, the bottom line is, is we got to make a play. Uh, we, we, we take a shot at Malik Heath there, and uh, like there was a little contact, and he's shaking up on the play. Probably a little bit higher throw than we needed there. 
part of the game of football. We take the, we go ahead and let Brandon Weiss attempt the field goal, and now it's a 21, 24-31 ball game, and you're thinking, can we get one more stop and just give ourselves a chance? Well, time was going to be of the essence, to say the least. The defense does stand tall and give the offense one final chance. Elijah Moore runs for one yard at the 50, and this is all, of course, after the onside kick. We didn't get a good – we didn't execute that well at all. Uh, Jerry Neely then goes for two. Mackerel rushes for two. We take a timeout, 31 seconds. Uh, they get a 46-yard punt. Had a chance to pin us back deep, but the ball slithers into the end zone there. So we get it with 23 seconds. I think at this point we all thought, well, here's what will happen. There goes zero coverage, and we'll get a sack, and the clock will run out. Then we get a delay of the game penalty. So it's like, you know, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And then we're complete to Griffin. And initially it was ruled a fumble recovered by Ole Miss. And uh, we all thought that would do it. And then the slow-mo replay made it look like he never really completed the catch. I could have seen that going either way. They overturned the call, give State the ball back. And then, uh, you know, here we go. Will Rogers then completes Jaquarius Spivey for eight yards. I, pardon me, 41 yards. 41 yards. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first-wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand-new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking and that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. 
You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. And uh, against Bobby having a career game for us, the ball is still missed 44. We, we uh, spike the, clock, the, the ball to give, to give us an opportunity with 10 seconds left. Then we go back to Spivey for eight at the Ole Miss 36 to make it a little, a little more manageable throw for Will. And then Will gets it off, and I think we're all thinking, just give us a chance here. And he throws it there. Spivey gets a little tangled up with an Ole Miss defender, and it's Jaden Wally versus about three. And for a second there, it seemed like he had it. Then everybody starts signaling incomplete. But uh, that was the last play of the ball game. And uh, the Golden Egg changes hands for the first time in, uh, in three seasons. But there are a lot of conclusions you can draw from this. But the one that I would point out above anything else is that there is no quit in this Mississippi State team. There's absolutely no quit in this team. It's back-to-back road games that we had a chance on our final drive to tie or win the ball game. And I don't think most people gave us a, a realistic chance to do either one of those things. Now, I'm not one that that uh, puts a lot of stock in moral victories. That's just not that's just not kind of how I'm built. Either you, you play, you win, or you lose. And, uh, you know, the winners celebrate, smoke cigars in the locker room, and then the losers can go back and say, man, if we make this play, we would make that play. It's a different ball game. Well, you didn't make that play, so it's not a different game. You had a chance to change the result. I believe in the end, State had 78 offensive snaps, Ole Miss 82. So it was right there. You know, we had the same opportunities they did. They made the plays to win the ball game, And I really thought, in many respects, Matt Corral did a good job of extending plays. And when State did get home and couldn't get him on the ground, he found a way to find receivers. And so I tipped the cap to Matt Corral for playing as well as he did. Will Rogers did have a better night passing than he did, but Will went home with a golden egg. You know, kind of like the guy that uh, is the is the best-looking guy or best-dressed guy in the club but uh, goes home alone. You know, that's just kind of how the reality of it. So we lose the ball game, And it stinks to lose to Ole Miss. It does. But we've lost a lot of egg balls in my life, but I don't think I've ever woke up the next day and said, you know what, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. And I think there are a lot of people out there in the Mississippi State family that felt like, you know what, Ole Miss is going to embarrass us. Then they don't. And we begin to see that, you know what, we've got a bunch of young guys out here on offense. We've got a, a very green offensive line with the exception of a couple of offensive guards. We've got a young freshman, true freshman quarterback, two freshman, true freshman running backs. And our, our biggest play receiver is a true freshman. And so we begin to think, okay, what does this mean long term? What does this mean for next year? What does this mean for 2022? Well, we're kind of laying the groundwork for some bigger things. Will there be some new faces? Absolutely. But, uh, you know, State's not starting a bunch of seniors. That's one of the things I think some people fail to realize. We're not at the end of a talent cycle like some other people are. We were last year, and so we're kind of having to 
to kind of rebuild this year. But um, I have felt a whole lot worse after losing Ole Miss, and I hate losing to those guys. I absolutely do. But I thought Ole Miss played well, played better than we did. It's as simple as that. They made the plays to win the ball game when the game was on the line, and we didn't. I really thought that drive that made it 31-21 was kind of a kill shot in many respects. Never thought we'd be in a position late in the ball game uh, to have a chance to throw it up there and tie it up, but, but we do. Real quickly, let's get through some numbers here before we uh, get to the day's top 10 list. Will Rogers numbers, 45 of 61, 440 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and then just the one sack. Just the one sack. Matt Corral, 24, 36 for 385, a couple touchdowns, and then sack twice. Uh, Will Rogers, uh, your leading rusher, uh, four attempts, netting 26 yards. Dylan Johnson runs for 21 marks, goes for 10. Uh, and then we had a couple of uh, errant snaps that were charged as team rushes for negative 18. Uh, which lowered the total down to 139. Jaden Wally, nine grabs for 176 yards, along a 44. Jaquarius, five v five grabs for 97 yards, along a 41. Osiris Mitchell, five for 42. Malik Heath, four of 35 and a pair of touchdowns. Austin Williams, six for 31 and a score. So, again, good distribution with the football, despite the fact that we've kind of got a limited roster to work with. We'll get the, uh, the, the open date this week. And we should get a lot of these contact tracers back, as well as our positive guys. But again, it's going to be a thin roster the rest of the year. You might as well go ahead and expect that. Everybody always says, well, Steve, how many guys do we have? You know, at the end of the day, we're going to go play the football game. We're going to go play. And that's one of the things, too, that I think it's important for people to understand. Uh, There's a lot of people on the Ole Miss side that said we were trying to get out of this ball game. And that's a complete fabrication. None of that is true. At no point was that ever a consideration. Discussed that on Friday's show, too. Nobody Mississippi State thought about getting out of that ball game. We went and played a shorthanded game with a shorthanded team and nearly won the ball game. I think, that what, what, what are we going to do when we actually have 85 scholarship players at our disposal during practice and we can take the full 70 SEC dress list with us and don't have to fill it out with walk-ons. I mean, we only had 60 players that tra- 61 players that traveled, and 11 of those were walk-ons. So we're still almost 10 beneath the SEC dress list, and we're still out there having a chance to win the ball game on our final possession. Today's top 10 list brought to you by the folks at my bookie. If, uh, if you're a person that uh, likes to have a little skin in the game, let me tell you, visit our friends at MyBookie. They, uh, they know how to do it. They've been in business a long time. They, all, they know all about the teasers, the parlays, the fast payouts, everything else. And so visit them today. Use promo code BONEYARD, and what they'll do is they'll match your initial deposit halfway, up to 1000 bucks. So if you deposit a thousand bucks to bet with, they're going to give you five hundred dollars worth of house money to uh, to kind of get you going. And uh, you know, anytime free money is a good thing. And if you're a person that's going to gamble anyway, you might as well get some house money to play with. And again, use promo code Boneyard when you visit my book. You to claim that bonus for your free bet. And the best part, it's only the beginning. They're going to have great promotions the rest of the year. Check them out. And this Monday night, you're going to have to buy one, get one free Cyber Monday Night Football Special. Go check that out today at my bookie. They call my bookie. Football season in my bookie is your winning season. Check it out today. No risk involved. All gravy, baby. Don't forget to use promo code to claim Boneyard to claim your freebies. Man, I stumbled my way through that. I apologize. All right. So, 
Again, you guys are so generous with the top 10 list recommendations. I had somebody reach out to me, big 90s alternative fan, kind of got me down that wormhole. You know what I'm saying? Some people say, hey, do you remember this song? Do you remember that song? Got me thinking, what were some of my favorite early 90s alternative rock songs that uh, people don't talk about anymore? So here's the list. No honorable mentions today. But here are my top 10 90s alternative rock songs that people don't really talk about anymore. And maybe you've forgotten them, but you shouldn't. So let's take a trip down memory lane. And some of you people, when you when when Roy puts his playlist online, you're going to be thinking, man, I cannot, I've not heard these songs in forever. But here we go. We're going to do New Edition Wednesday. We're going to do the New Edition tree on Wednesday, just so you know. Just go ahead and get ready for that. All right, number 10. And, and I listen to the song regularly. It's off the Ducina album from Toad to Wet Sprocket. It's Something's Always Wrong. Great tune. And we've all been there. We've all been there. Number nine, really, really cool track with a great driving bass line. It's Down by the Water from P.J. Harvey uh, off the album To Bring You My Love. P.J. Harvey, probably a little bit of an underappreciated artist from that genre. Number eight, a band you know, Jesus Jones. In a song, maybe you don't, The Devil You Know. It's a little more um, electronic, I guess, than uh, Right Here, Right Now. But The Devil You Know was a song they played in the clubs. Really cool track. Number seven, a guy who was gone far too soon. Great musician, great lyricist, Jeff Buckley, The Last Goodbye. This is our last goodbye from Jeff Buckley. And uh, Jeff was a guy that struggled with chemical dependency and alcoholism. And uh, his mom released all of his unreleased stuff is uh, called From My Sweetheart to Drunk. But if you're not into Jeff Buckley, you should get into Jeff Buckley. It is an amazing version of Hallelujah. Number six, this was a huge song, but you you never hear it on the radio anymore, but it's Criminal by Fiona Apple, who was spectacular. Loved her, loved her raspy voice. Criminal by Fiona Apple. And right now, there are some ladies who were in college during that time were thinking, he's exactly right. I'm downloading that song right now. Number five, one of my favorites that, that was really popular on MTV, but probably not a huge hit on radio, but it's Divine Thing by the Soup Dragons. That's right, the Soup Dragons. They had the big hit, I'm Free. I like this one better. The Divine Thing by the Soup Dragons, is that, that'll get you going. There's a lot going on. It's a real busy song. Number four, one of the, you know, that new wave of British alternative metal we had, or rock we had in the early 90s, Love Spreads by the Stone Roses. Great tune. Love the guitar on that one. It's kind of got that bluesy vibe to it, kind of like an alternative Led Zeppelin guitar deal. Number three, a band that uh, was kind of a one-hit wonder. This was their secondary hit, a band called The Catherine Wheel, and the song is Way Down. I'm on my way down. It's a little more rocking from what they ordinarily did. I dug the song. I think you will, too. Number two, and here's a song that everybody knows, but you rarely ever remember who recorded it or the title of the song. And when you hear it on the playlist today, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember this song. But the song is Plowed by Sponge. In a world of human wreckage, and the the opening guitar riff on it is just absolutely blazing. I think you'll dig it. But the, the my favorite '90s alternative rock song that was a huge hit at the time that nobody talks about anymore is "The Cedar" by Veruca Salt. And I like Volcano Girls too. I thought that Veruca Salt was incredible. Of course, Veruca Salt named after a character in the Willy Wonka movie. 
But uh, see, they're, the guitar is rocking. The girls are great. They're incredible musicians. They weren't just these little you know Hollywood cupid dolls they put out there to sell records. They're legit rockers. So go check them out today. That's a top 10, top 90s alternative rock songs that you probably have forgotten and you probably shouldn't. Let me remind you, too, you, you want to look good, you want to smell good, you want to feel good. The people at Hawthorne will help you with that. I wore my Hawthorne cologne today. A lot of times when I just need to freshen up, I go grab it and give myself an extra squirt. If you catch me late in the afternoon, chances are I'm, I'm cologned up pretty good, but I'm still smelling great. And so if you're looking to make yourself smell better or the person you love, ladies, Visit the folks at Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. And it's fun, too. It's not just shopping for cologne. I mean, it's better to get something that is tailored directly for your person. Go take the little quiz, and they're going to ask you questions like, what's your favorite drink? What do you like to eat? Do you smoke? What are your habits? And there are little things like that. And then they will tailor a product that best fits you based on your preferences. It's really simple. It's actually pretty cool, too. A lot of people wearing cologne that doesn't fit them. They just kind of wear what somebody gives them, and it doesn't necessarily match up with your chemistry. That's what Hawthorne does is takes a lot of that guesswork out. I got all the products. I got the lotion. I got the body wash. I got the shampoo, the conditioner, the work scent, the play scent. The cologne is, without a doubt, the best product. They're all great, but, man, I'll tell you what. I love that cologne. It's the best cologne I've ever worn. You get to build personalized gifts for everybody. And uh, that's the best thing about this. So visit again, Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co this holiday season. And you can figure out the best products that fit them perfectly. It's fun, convenient, super high quality products tailored specifically for men. They even take the risk out of it by giving you free shipping on your order and on your returns. So if you don't like the products, they'll even retailer them based on your feedback. Again, that's Hawthorne.co. Check out all their special offers and use promo code BONEYARD. You'll be glad you did. I'm telling you, absolutely great. Let's take a quick look around the league. A lot of news involving Vanderbilt. None of it good on a football field outside of uh, Sarah Fuller getting a chance to kick off the to open the second half. Vanderbilt did not give her an opportunity to kick an extra point or a field goal. They barely even crossed the 50-yard line. Missouri crushes Vanderbilt 41-0. Derek Mason pays with his job earlier today, but he was classy even all the way to the end. Uh, Derek Mason, great guy, great defensive coach, just didn't win enough. And Vanderbilt kind of handicaps you with some of that. Really, James Franklin's the only guy in recent years that has been able to recruit at a high enough level uh, to compete in the SEC. He also benefited from the fact that South Carolina, Tennessee, and others were kind of down at the time. But uh, give James Franklin credit. They made some things happen. Uh, Florida wins again at Kentucky, thir- uh, ends the swamp, pardon me, 34-10. And it was kind of what we expected. I mean, it would be a little bit of a struggle for a while, and then Florida would put it away. Kyle Pitts, of course, three three touchdowns on five catches for just 99 yards, an absolute freak of an athlete. I don't know who in the, who in the NFL needs a tight end, but somebody will likely spend a first-round draft pick on him sooner rather than later. All, Alabama absolutely destroys Auburn, 42-13. This one was not competitive in the least. These are the kind of things, too, that if you're guys, you, you can't continue to lose ball games like this. You just can't. You can't continue to get outclassed by Alabama. Now, when the schedule flips and they have to go play at Auburn, Gus usually does okay. And I think in many respects, Gus might be uh, maybe coaching for his job next year. You know, who knows? I mean, I mean how long are they going to put up with uh, 
you know, being second fiddle. I think Gus Malzahn's a good coach, but, um, you know, next year may be the year that, that uh, you know, they put, put it back together and have a good non-conference schedule, whatever. But the gap between Alabama and Auburn has really shifted again uh, in the way of, of Alabama. Now, granted, they're going to lose a lot of players this year. Maybe that makes them prime for the picking next year at Auburn. But uh, there was no doubt in this one. A&M wins, uh, hosting OSU 20-7. And there are already people that are kind of calling Fred Orgeron's head in Baton Rouge, and that's just kind of, you know, you know, social media fan nonsense. But, you know, that they gave Ed Orgeron the huge contract extension after he wins a national title. It's going to be extremely expensive to fire him when they do. But I, I, I agree. I don't know who, who, who posted it first, but somebody said Ed Orgeron's the next Gene Chizik. He wins a national championship two years later. He's gone. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think it's just going to be a, bit, a matter of how much does it bottom out. What happens next year? Alabama is going to leave a mark on LSU this weekend in, in national primetime television, and it is going to be very difficult for LSU fans to take that. It's also going to motivate some of their people to kind of mobilize behind the scenes. So, you know what, he's got one more year to turn this thing around. I could see him getting fired after next season. Absolutely. I, I think that I think they'll find a way to make that happen. Football is simply too important at LSU. They won't sit back and let that happen. A&M, of course, now fifth in the FBS playoff poll. Uh, right there, just kind of waiting for somebody to falter. And the, the good thing about A&M is, is they're in the West. And so they're not going to go play in the SEC championship game. And all they really needed to do is continue to win out and then hope somebody in front of them loses and they could be in the playoff. Now, even if they make it, I don't think they're in anywhere close to the caliber of the teams that they're going to have to play. If they had to play Alabama again, I think Alabama runs all over them again. Clemson, Notre Dame, I don't think there's anybody in that top four that A&M can beat. But at the end of the day, A&M is very close to having the opportunity. And there's no reason to think that A&M shouldn't win out in the regular season. Kind of quickly looking at their schedule here, you know, they're already 6-1. and one, Got a few games left to play. Uh, you know, obviously, but they're going to be at Auburn this weekend. Then they're going to be at Tennessee, and then we expect them to play Ole Miss on the 19th. That hadn't been officially announced, but when you look at that schedule, you begin to realize that, uh, you know, A&M should be favored down the stretch, and probably the most difficult game will be that trip to Auburn this weekend. So if they can find a way not to stub their toe this weekend – A&M should have a great opportunity to do their part to stay in the playoff chase. And that is so crazy to think about when you begin to look at that team. They're not a dominant team by any stretch of the imagination. They're not. And, you know, they've, they've lost to Georgia. They've lost uh, to Alabama. But there they are as a two-loss team right there on the cusp of being selected for the playoffs. Now, do they pass the eye test? I say no. I don't think they do. And maybe – Maybe there is some shifting in the uh, polls ahead. Maybe perhaps they they don't get the style points uh, that they probably need. But, uh, again, they were kind of pedestrian, even though they won 20-7 to on Saturday. I thought LSU defensively played a little bit better than they did, but Kellen Mond kind of helped them. Kellen Mond throws for 105 yards. Isaiah Spiller runs for 141. He's a difference maker. Georgia, of course, uh, takes care of South Carolina with no trouble whatsoever, 45-16. You know, Georgia, again, you know, they get JT Daniels going, and uh, even though they didn't have a huge day, they're a different team 
with the more efficient passer out there. And uh, a lot of discussion, too, about who's going to take the South Carolina job. I had somebody tell me over the weekend that uh, Shane Beamer was a real candidate for that job. Had some other people tell me they think Billy Napier is a candidate for that job. And the fact that Hugh Freeze is already putting out that uh, he would be more interested in other jobs makes me think that he's probably down the pecking order just a little bit. Uh, But be that as it may, there will be a new coach at Vanderbilt, a new coach at South Carolina. And I think we all started the year thinking that nobody gets fired unless there's a scandal or or you go 0-8 or you start really tanking. Muschamp's been on the hot seat for two years. So it's just really a matter of time. And why put off to next year what you need to do now? If you know you're going to have to do it next year, go ahead and bite the bullet now. And that's that's what they've done. All right, Canvas Bookmark, longtime sponsors of the show. You guys love Stan the Man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. And uh, the more times you see Susie, the more you're going to love her because the more lovely she gets. Go by, check them out. They've got everything you need Mississippi State related right there in the building. You can take it with you. And, you know, if you can't make it to town or perhaps you, you kind of specialize in online shopping, visit them at campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll save you 50 bucks. Pardon me. That'll save you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. I'd love to save you 50 but going to save you shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. And let's be honest, it's Christmas shopping time. Anytime you can get free shipping, that's a great thing. That's exactly what you're going to get by being a Boneyard listener. Again, it's BSR at CampusBookmart.net. Go by, check out their uh, their latest arrivals, and follow them on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. They have a lot of those in-house specials they'll put out there, too, to kind of let you know some of their new arrivals and new products. Mississippi State women's basketball team kicked off the season on Sunday with a, well, you know, I, I would say an impressive win. I don't know how you could look at it any other way. I mean, it's it's a game on short notice, and Granite State ought to be able to out-athlete Jackson State. Jackson State did win the SWAC last year, so it was not like they were just playing the Louisiana School of Math and Sciences. But, um, you know, happy for uh, Nikki McCray-Pinson and her staff to kind of get the season off on the right foot. And interestingly enough, a little bit rusty early on, but they win by 30 and uh, probably could have won by more. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, we kind of called the dogs off. But uh, let's kind of look at some quick numbers here for you. For those of you that missed it, you know, Mississippi State, you know, number six team in the country, they should be able to win these games handily, and they do. Uh, but let me see if we can't get your numbers pulled up here. Sometimes these websites aren't as easy to navigate as they should be. But Rakia Jackson uh, plays just 28 minutes and scores 19 points. Jessica Carter, uh, solid night for her. 21 minutes of action, 6 of 8 from the floor, pulls down 3 rebounds, 14 points, 5 blocks, and just the 2 turnovers. Uh, Jemiah Mingo Young with 13, Maya Taylor with 11, and she also connects 3 of 4 from the 3-point line. That's going to make us a much different team when we can start doing that. Sydney Cooks makes her long-awaited Bulldog debut as a starter, plays 17 minutes, pitches in 8 points. Bulldogs did have 14 turnovers out of 23 assists. Had a little bit of foul trouble uh, at times. Jemiah Morris got in there, banged around a little bit, and uh, got called for a few. But again, you know, about what you would hope for and expect in a first game with a new team and a new staff and uh, on a short short turnaround. So the ladies are now 1-0, and uh, they will be back in action sooner rather than later. That's one thing about when basketball season gets here. 
that seems like we play every other day. Uh, we're going to turn around and play again on December 2nd against UNO. Lady Privateers will make the trip up. And, uh, again, it's going to be almost impossible to pull some of this basketball stuff off uh, with these protocols for um, for COVID. And so we've already seen some cancellations even around our league. And we're also seeing a lot of upsets. Kentucky beat by Richmond over the weekend. Uh, Virginia loses. And there was another top five upset I can't recall. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a wild year in college basketball because there appears to be a lot of parity. But also, too, there's so much – there's so much with these protocols that are going to limit some rosters. You know, Iverson Molinar didn't play, uh, you know, the first two games of Mississippi State, and they say it's not discipline related. So you can kind of do the math from there. State will be, be in action tonight on the men's side, 7 p.m. in Humphrey Coliseum against Texas State, 7 p.m. And then we'll play again on Friday in Starkville against North Texas. So two opportunities to see the Bulldogs play in person this week. Again, I, I think it's, you know, our fans need to kind of buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride in men's basketball. But with these young players, I think they're going to, they're, they're going to figure some things out. Uh, I, I think, again, you know, Ben Howland has kind of run his system forever and a day. And it's just a matter of kind of getting guys to kind of fully understand, you know, what we're trying to do. Uh, a lot of mistakes out in Melbourne, Florida this past weekend and, um, you know, over the Thanksgiving break. Of course, State takes on the chin 53-42 and 84-73. None of those are, are blowouts, but we didn't play well on either game. Simple as that. And uh, we're going to have some teams that are going to play. They're going to come out and bomb from three, and uh, we have not been the great perimeter defending team. But, uh, you know, we'll figure it out. But, uh, again, I think our, our, our fans just need to be a little bit patient this year. And, and the big question everybody says is, hey, Steve, if we have a bad year, you know, will we make a coaching change? I don't think so this year. I mean, I really don't. I mean, unless things just really go in the tank, I think with this young, you know, nucleus of players and the fact that DJ Stewart and Iverson Mullen are some guys that are just really kind of getting going, I think that, uh, you know, maybe he gets another year. I think this year you're kind of laying the foundation, and I think next year is probably the big year for Ben Howen. And uh, we'll kind of see how things develop. Speaking of developing, listen, you guys know there's a great new residential development right here in Starkville. Right off Garrett Road behind the the Jeep Chrysler dealership over there. 1.1 miles from campus. Easy access to 82 and 12 and everything else, 25. You can get to everything uh, from there. And uh, anytime that we can avoid 12, it's always a good thing, especially during move-in weekend. But uh, that's kind of the deal. But Portico is a great, great opportunity for you. Not a lot of people in there yet, you know, so you're having a chance to kind of get in there and watch the neighborhood build up around you. Going to be 51 houses total in that development with 18 houses in the first phase. And those are nearing move-in condition now. 33 houses in the second phase, and that construction phase will begin here in the next few months. Houses will range in size from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet, from two-bedroom, two-path, up to four-bedroom, four-bath. So it is a, a home that will fit any size family or need. Portico includes a walking trail and a pavilion area. Brooks Bryan of Mississippi State Baseball fame is one of the developers of this project. Brooks is happy to talk to you and give you more information about it. And I don't know if you know this, Brooks Bryan robbed a home run against the University of Washington and sent us to Omaha. He's happy to talk to you about that, too. As I say, you, you may not even have to bring it up. He'll say, yes, I am that Brooks Bryan. His phone number is 601-416-8075. Again, 601 Portico.
brand new residential housing complex. Before we get out the door, let's talk a little bit recruiting. That's a big thing anybody talks about. You, you, you lose a big ball game like this. How, what's the impact on recruiting? So let me give you the names to kind of run down some things here for you. Usually the names you look for are in-state names because those are the ones that kind of have a rooting interest. They have people in their classrooms and in their lives that are state Ole Miss fans that are in their ear. Uh, MJ Daniels made the trip to Oxford this past weekend. That's the first time he's been up there the entire time. He went to go watch Mississippi State play. That's what he says. Of course, Ole Miss trying to get back in the game with him. Uh, MJ makes a trip up there and watches State play pretty well in the ball game. I don't. I don't think there's that Ole Miss could feel like okay. Well, we've had a great atmosphere and we've kind of flipped them. No interaction with the coaches up there. No interaction with the players. That's forbidden. Uh, not, not that Ole Miss is, uh, you know, one that won't cut corners, but my point being is that he went to go watch his team play against Ole Miss. And uh, St- Steve Wolfong of 247 Sports National had an article with him recently and said Ole Miss is actually running third uh, behind Mississippi State and Texas A&M. And so Daniels, you know, we knew there was going to be a wild ride with him from the, once he committed to Mississippi State, but for the most part, it hasn't been. You know, we expected some drama with him, but he has been, you know, true, true to his word – since he made his commitment, but now here we are, you know, basically less than three weeks away from signing day. So everybody's kind of making a pinch, making their last push to try to get him. I expect him to stick with Mississippi State. Uh, Justin Wiley committed to Minnesota. I have been hearing for weeks that that's a lot more open than it has been. And I think the fact that Jaden Wiley is having such a great year at Mississippi State and that this year does not count towards eligibility, Justin could come in and they could have four years together to play. I think that is a real factor. I don't buy this whole thing, oh, he wants to go to Ole Miss to play against his brother. I I, I don't buy that in the least. I I think in the end, Mississippi State's going to be in a good position with him. He is one of those guys, too, for about six months, people have said, you know what, you're just going to be patient with this kid. Uh, He's figuring this thing out. He's never been to Minnesota He's never had an in-person visit with them. It's all just kind of been a virtual relationship. And, of course, Minnesota not having a great year up there this year. The Twin Cities are a long way from D'Iberville, Mississippi. And he might as well be going to Japan. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, it's, he's not going to be able to get home very often, nor does parents be up there to see him very often. I mean, it's gonna, that's going to be a real commitment. Uh, and so I like where this one is trending. I'm not ready to, to, to say, okay, he's going to flip to Mississippi State. I do think State is in a much better position right now than a lot of people realize. And I think the better Jaden Wiley plays, and I think the better experience that he has, the better chance there is of getting Justin Wiley. He's a great player in his own right. A lot of discussion about Brandon Buckhalter, and uh, there always seems to be some rumor, and according to Brandon, he's not starting the rumors. Uh, he's got no reason to lie about it. And here's the thing, too. He was an almost commitment at one point. He could flip back to Ole Miss at any point. Their their fan base media have certainly paved the way for him to do that because they've been projecting him to flip since the day he committed to Mississippi State. Now, he may flip. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's not. But he's saying all the right things. He has been up to watch Ole Miss play a handful of times this year, and that's the thing that I always kind of watch. Actions mean a little more than words. Now, granted, he's got some people around him that are very Ole Miss-centric, to say the least, and that's putting it nicely. There are a lot of people that feel like they're doing their part to kind of help him pick Ole Miss. And you know what? He may go to Ole Miss, and if he does, I hope he gets his degree and and uh, meets his wife and has a great life and loses every egg bowl he plays in. 
But uh, at this point, you know, I, I would say I, I wouldn't say it's 50 50. I, th- I would say it's probably 60 40 that State keeps him. Uh, he continues to say all the right things. He and MJ Daniels are very close. And I think MJ Daniels sticking with State will give Brandon Buckhalter a little more uh, incentive to stick with State as well. But again, there's some Ole Miss people around Brandon Buckhalter. And so, again, we watch these things very closely. That's why you keep up with it as well. McKaylin Pounders is a guy that's been committed to Mississippi State for a long time. A huge early in-state recruiting win for Mike Leach and his staff. But it has been a bit of a roller coaster in recent weeks as we've gotten a little closer to signing day. He did announce that he is going to sign in December. Arkansas, Ole Miss, and others were trying to get him to prolong the process to kind of give them more time. And that's the thing you think about. If you're in a, if you're in a strong position with a kid, you want him to go ahead and sign in December. If you're not, then you're, you're hoping you can convince him to prolong the process to give you a chance to make up some ground. If you're in the lead, you're not expecting that kid to sign in February. If you're in the lead, if you're in command of a kid's commitment or his recruitment, you want to get the process over with as quickly as possible. So, again, the fact that Ole Miss and Arkansas are both suggesting, hey, look, you, know, you, you can wait this thing out, tells you they understand they're not in a position of strength. Now, all that said – Ole Miss is still very much in the picture with Mikaela Pounders. They're working very hard to get him. It's, State is going to have to continue to recruit him like an undeclared player until he signs paperwork uh, later this month, or in December. Nick Jones, one of his best friends, calls Mikaela Pounders his younger brother, calls him his little brother. They're very, very close. And so that helps. Jordan Davis, best friends of Mikaela Pounders, that helps. Jordan Davis having a good experience here at Mississippi State as well. And so the people around him – are very Mississippi State related. Now, are there some people at behave that are all Miss related? Absolutely they are. But it appears at this point that Mississippi State has people that have the most influence with him. Uh, but again, it would be irresponsible to sit here and say, oh, that one's 100% over. It, you know, listen, it's not. You know, he's still committed to Mississippi State. Ole Miss people have tried to suggest for weeks that he's going to flip. He says that he's not. He says he has no plans to flip. But they're not going away, and they're going to be somewhat emboldened after winning the ball game, and they're going to kind of push some of our guys. So it's something to watch as we get into um, into December. You know, last year we didn't have anybody flip uh, from State to Ole Miss, and that's usually the way that it goes. It usually goes that way. Brandon Buckhalter, of course, you know, flipped from Ole Miss to Mississippi State. And so, you know, that's in-state recruiting. And so those are the names that you watch at this point. Of course, you know, there's some other guys out there. C.J. Johnson from French Camp Academy. State and Ole Miss have both offered. I, I believe he's going to go to State. John Lewis from Germantown. Uh, State and Ole Miss have offered. I believe right now State's probably third in that deal. We'll kind of see how things develop. But, you know, it's always interesting to see how the Egg Bowl is received uh, by the recruits that are having to pick between State and Ole Miss. And so something to kind of watch as we move forward. Excited to be back with you guys. Be back with you on Wednesday. I'm going to shut this thing down and go to sleep. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. And, again, no ball game for us this this Saturday. Mississippi State and Missouri has been postponed. So it's a good weekend for you to get caught up on your honeydew stuff uh, around the house because there's, there remains a good chance the state's going to be in a ball game somewhere. I'm told the Birmingham Bowl really wants Mississippi State, uh, even if we don't win in the ball game, which is weird to me. Uh, but I, I still expect State to have a good chance to win in the ball game or two down the stretch. We'll see how things go. But you guys have a great week. We'll be back on Wednesday. Looking forward to being with you. And, again, if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, go to StarkVillains.com. 
looking for books, alphadogsthebook.com. You can buy all three of my books there. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.